Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast for Brain Fact Friday and episode number 165. On the neuroscience of leadership, using your brain to lead others more effectively, that was inspired by a conversation I had on the phone with our next guest, whose interview will be recorded on Friday and released over the weekend. You'll need to tune into our next episode to hear who he is, but I can say that he's with his sixth season with the New York Jets and his fourth year teaching leadership at NYU, which led him to our podcast. When speaking with him, he mentioned he found our episode 68, The Neuroscience of Personal Change with Stephen R. Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, when he was looking for ideas with his leadership class at NYU, and he liked how we added the brain science to Covey's bestseller that has sold more than 25 million copies since its first publication. When we hung up, I thought about the fact that Covey's book impacted so many people around the world, but since it was first published in 1989, he was missing something critical for our next generation of leaders, an understanding of the leading brain, which led me to think about our good friend Frederike Fabricius all the way back to episode 27, who wrote The Leading Brain, Neuroscience Hacks to Work Smarter, Better, Happier, for this week's Brain Fact Friday. For those of you who are new here, I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator from Toronto, Canada, now in Arizona, and like many of our listeners have been fascinated with learning and understanding the science behind high-performance strategies in our schools, our sports, and workplace environments. My vision for this podcast is to bring the experts to you, share their books, resources, and ideas to help you to implement their proven strategies and take the fear out of this new field of educational neuroscience. My hope is that this podcast will bridge the gap between the science, theory, and application of these ideas for improved results in your life. Our next few interviews coming up are exciting as they all demonstrate just how important and timely this understanding of the brain is for all of us to learn and apply, whether we're a teacher in the classroom or using these ideas in a corporate environment as an employee or a CEO in a leadership role, this understanding of how a brain works is critical these days. With each episode we release, connections are made to past episodes and the learning builds just like we're taking a course together. If you're new here, go back through the episodes and see if there are ones that catch your eye. Take notes and think about how you could best apply the strategies suggested in each episode. I promise you this will be life-changing when we begin to live our lives with our brain in mind. For this week's Brain Fact Friday, I'm going back to the lessons I saw on The Leading Brain by Frederike Fabricius that was published on YouTube December 11th, 2016, where she explains why an understanding of the brain is important for a group of business leaders. She begins her presentation by quizzing the group to see what they know about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and just to see what they can remember about this model that's a motivational theory in psychology comprising of a five-tier model of human needs that begins with the need of food, water, sex, and sleep, 
Once these needs are met, we desire safety. And you can think about how important it is for our students to feel safe in our schools or employees in the workplace. Without this safety, learning or new ideas can't take place. And once we feel this safety, we start to form friendships and relationships, leading to our self esteem and confidence to increase, which in turn leads to self actualization or the attainment of whatever our goals are. But by looking at how we operate through the lens of neuroscience, Maslow's model is completely incorrect. For this week's Brain Fact Friday, did you know that there's a new model in neuroscience? That replaces Maslow's model explaining social cognitive neuroscience, where without relationships we cannot survive, and that connectedness regulates and rewards us. Frederike explains that Maslow's tier of love and belonging, or friendship, family, and sexual intimacy, are third in his chosen ranks. But when we look at how the brain operates, this is the number one most important tier that's more important than food and water. And she offers a new model of social cognitive neuroscience that explains how, without relationships, we cannot survive. I thought about our upcoming interview with Dr. Bruce Perry coming up next month on his book that he wrote with Oprah Winfrey, What Happened to You? And he talks about how connectedness regulates and rewards us with his filling our rewards bucket concept, where he noted that many people found it harder to fill up during the COVID 19 pandemic. People reported more anxiety and depression, and many people used some of the less healthy forms of reward, like drugs or alcohol, to fill that void. So, understanding this new model of social cognitive neuroscience can help us all to lead more effectively in our schools and workplaces. We'll dive deeper into Dr. Bruce Perry's model with our interview, but you can see from the image in the show notes that explains how the brain processes information from the bottom up and that regulation must occur before any reasoning or reflecting can take place in those upper regions of the brain or our prefrontal cortex. So, why is this so important for us to understand as leaders in our workplaces or schools? It's because if we're not regulated, it will shut down our executive functions in our prefrontal cortex and we won't be operating at our highest levels. So, how do we lead with the brain in mind? It all begins with putting relationships first. Scrap Maslow's hierarchy of needs and start thinking of Dr. Perry's upside down triangle where he puts regulation at the bottom. Everything should begin with building relationships to make our students feel safe and regulated in the classroom, or our employees feel safe and regulated in our corporate spaces. If you're working in the classroom, go back to the very beginning of this podcast and visit the episode with Greg Wolcott. The author of Significant 72, Unleashing the Power of Relationships in Today's Schools, for ideas and resources that you can use right away. You can also access many free ideas he has and resources directly from his website, significant72.com. If you're working in the corporate environment, there's no one better than Simon Sinek to inspire leadership, starting with his book, Start With Why, which challenges assumptions about how great leaders and great companies inspire people. But also his book, Leaders Eat Last Why Some Teams Pull Together and Others Don't. 
I met Simon in 2014 where we traded books and I keep my signed copy of Leaders Eat Last on my desk to remind me of this ancient yet powerful principle. After Simon wrote his first book and began traveling the world, he noticed that few people said, I love my job, and he wanted to do something to inspire this in organizations around the world since he was able to inspire millions with his Start With Why book. When he traveled around the globe, he noticed that some teams were able to trust each other so deeply that they would literally put their lives on the line for each other. Other teams, no matter what incentives were offered, were doomed to infighting, fragmentation, and failure. And the answer came clear to him with a discussion of a Marine Corps general who said, officers eat last. And Sinek witnessed the most junior Marines eating first, while senior Marines waited in the back of the line. Think about this from Maslow's point of view, that biologically we need food and shelter first, but when we operate with the brain in mind, we suspend our need for this urge and put relationships first, stepping back and modeling leaders eat last. Have you ever noticed this principle in play? I have, and I'll never forget it. It was back when I was working at a school in the West End of Toronto. It was Emory Collegiate, and the PE teacher organized a canoe trip up north for students. I went on the trip as a chaperone, not realizing how cold it was sleeping outside in the springtime in Toronto up north. I remember almost dying in my tent at night, and in the morning when the group began cooking meals, I sat back and watched the students, wondering if anyone else was frozen to death like I was, And I noticed a young boy from Vietnam who sat back from the group when food was being served. He let everyone pass him in line. And I asked him, hey, why don't you grab a plate and get some food? And he shook his head and said, I eat last. And I remember it being profound to me that he sat back and waited while all others rushed forward to eat. He had learned in his culture the importance of not giving in to his immediate needs which we all know leads to future success in life with the famous Stanford Marshmallow Experiment. I wish I could find this young man and see where he ended up, but I really don't need to. I know he's leading somewhere. To review this week's Brain Fact Friday that explains a new model in neuroscience that replaces Maslow's hierarchy of needs, explaining that without relationships, we cannot survive, and that connectedness regulates and rewards us, I hope we can all begin to think with our brain in mind on the ways we can help others in our schools or workplaces to feel more connected. Only then can we begin to work towards our goals or self-actualization. Once our basic needs of building and maintaining strong relationships are met, we can move towards our goals with this safety net in place. In our podcast, number 27, with Frederica Fabricius, we covered the DNA of success or peak performance, which is that brain state where we lose the presence of time and are the most productive. She mentioned the importance of having fun with your work, releasing the neurotransmitter dopamine, having just enough fear or challenge to release the neurotransmitter noradrenaline, and that with these two factors, focus will occur and the neurotransmitter acetylcholine will be released. These three factors must be in place for peak performance to occur, and when we hit this level of performance, it's important that we're able to manage our distractions so we can stay here for as long as possible for those higher levels of productivity. 
We must be careful on our quest towards our goals that we keep the right balance with our stress levels. Too little stress, we can go into a state of under arousal where we're under challenged and we could just be bored with our work. Or too much stress leads to over arousal where we're prone to work burnout and depression. This state depletes the serotonin in the brain and we begin to see threats where there are none. The more you go into work burnout, the more negative you become. So keeping the balance of peak performance where you experience flow, lose track of time with your work, and alternate this time with rest and recovery is important for your mental and physical well-being. To conclude this week's Brain Fact Friday, I hope you can see how old models like Maslow's hierarchy of needs have become outdated when we begin to operate with our brain in mind and that we can apply the most current brain science to anything we're doing like I did with Covey's Seven Habits book. Once we know how our brain works, we can then work backwards and change what we're doing so it works with our brain in mind. Do you see how you can use this new social cognitive model in your school or workplace? How can you put relationships first to regulate your students and coworkers? Go back and look at Greg Wolcott's episode for those working in the classroom. And for those in the corporate world, read Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last for some new ideas. I'll see you over the weekend with episode 166 that will take our understanding of leadership into the pro sports world. And then next week, we'll speak with an independent researcher, John Harmon, on how our actions, thoughts, and intentions all map out in the brain, especially while under pressure. This is going to be a powerful lesson of implementation. Have a good weekend. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 